It was the box set. Yeah, so like it, it, the first thing that was ever announced about this album was like her website updated. Was I on her website seconds before it updated? Maybe. Like who? <laughs> who's birthday, birthday it was? Truly, yeah. <laughs> I like clicked on it. Happy birthday, just... Amorosa! <laughs> and it was literally just it, there was nothing there. It was just a black screen with like a password Uh-oh. box, and that's why I was like, uh-huh. "Oh, it's coming! It's coming like tonight." Yeah. They are updating it right now, and then yeah. it like released, and it was these, right, like... Pink Panther three. She could be announcing <laughs> <Right>. that. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that record that you bought me like two years ago? Well, I just remember that it's sitting in the closet. So I called you up just to tell you I've been meaning to listen to lose it. I've been meaning to listen to lose it. Why don't you come over and talk about it? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Why don't you come over? talk about it welcome to the show welcome to i've been meaning to listen to that the podcast where we go through albums we've been meaning to listen to and use it as a conduit to learn about each other and our guests uh but yes i'm andrew amorously i'm here that's pretty cool and i'm michael limitado i'm also here yeah and uh oh boy so queen b is back mm-hmm. queen b she's back with a new album you know We've been waiting for a couple of years. Lemonade came out. Then Everything is Love came out. And then The Lion King came out. And then she released The the Gift. And then she released (laughs) Blackest King. And that was pretty cool. But now we got Renaissance. (laughs) But she was gone that whole time when she was releasing all those things. She was gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but oh boy, we've been waiting. But she's back. <laughs> yeah, she's back. Uh, back and better than ever. Uh, yeah, we're here to talk about Renaissance by Beyonce, um, or Renaissance by Beyonce, if you, uh, you know. Um, yes, yeah, so, like, we're here to talk about Beyonce's Renaissance, uh, the new album. It came out this year. It made a splash on Twitter.com and Instagram.com and TikTok.com. I'm vamping in case like Talia shows up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Like, um, but yeah, we got a great guest here today and uh, also a second guest who might co- show up a little bit later. We just we decided just to get started uh, while we wait. Uh, so you might know him from the previous Beyonce episode where they covered Beyonce's... Beyonce's self-titled Beyonce. Yes. I did I legit forgot how to say Beyonce for a second. <laughs> like I'm, I'm so sorry. Uh but we got a we got a huge Beyonce stand uh up the pike over here. It's before Cheramatet. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> That's so Super. bad. Well, how do you pronounce how do you pronounce your name? Like, before Cheramatet. Cheramatet. Because I had it I had it phonetically on my mm-hmm. like thing, because like I Sometimes we'll like mispronounce people's names. I'll feel horrible. Yeah. Um, but he pronounces everyone's names though. Across but then the you board, get nervous. So... Like you yes. write it out phonetically yeah. and then you get nervous before you say it. And then you suddenly you forget how to read and then you fuck it up and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. Cause we had like Addie Wyrich on the show and I could pronounce mm-hmm. it correctly now. But like, and then like uh, on air, I was like, how do you pronounce your last name? I'm sorry. I just want to get it correct. And she was like, why rich like you know like why are you rich and i was like okay great you might know her from blah 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 it's addy something completely wrong <laughs> yeah and she was like close yeah you know, laughs and as she, close yeah yeah and uh, she'll never come on the show again so unfortunately <laughs> yeah <she's laughs> but curious. we also have a great guest here uh she's a former WNBA player and she is gonna be on uh 
the new TV show, a- Apple TV show Swagger. And as a writer, like as a writer too, right? Do you help? I, c- help I consulted. Out? I consulted in the room. Yeah, that rules. That's the rules. That uh, cool. And and former guest, former fave on the show. It's Talia Caldwell. Everybody, yeah. <laughs> and you to come back with a much more fun artist to talk about. So yeah. that's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wait, who'd you talk about the first time? We talked about Ka- Kanye West. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> we all love it what what a great time but yeah we're here uh we're here talking about a very fun album and a very fun artist uh beyonce uh so let's before before like let's Mm -hmm. hear from you a little bit about your beyonce history and stuff like that and uh your fandom and such yeah um so i was saying that like i am an og fan from the beginning it was 1997. I was four years old, slash five, depending on what point in the year it was. And <laughs> the Bills, Bills, Bills music video was playing in the barbershop. This was like a half barbershop, half like beauty salon. Like the salon was in the back and barbershop was in the front. So obviously I wanted to be in the back where all the girls were. And that was on the TV and immediately transfixed. I was like, I want to be their friend. I want to be them. I love them. <laughs> what is happening? Um, they were That album was actually the second album I ever was allowed to buy when Blockbuster Whoa. was like still a thing. The first what? one was Baby One More Time. <laughs> uh, <British laughs> nice. Nice. Gay, kid, gay kid alert. Gay kid uh, alert. Yeah, from day one. <laughs> uh, and then it was Writings on the Wall. And I've just, I've literally followed her career ever since. I've been obsessed. I've been to like six concerts. I just, I think she is the artist of our lifetime. It's fantastic. Uh, yeah. What about Talia? What's your Beyonce history and with her and such? Destiny's Child, all that stuff. For sure. So I was born in 91. So I saw all of Destiny's Child. Like they're, oh. you know, when it was the, the, the OG girls who we still don't remember their name. Uh, <laughs> they just left, left one weekend and we never saw them again. Um, yeah. So I was a big. They're still getting, they're still getting milk. They're still getting right. milk. Uh, so I remember like, so in the 90s was peak like r&b girl groups like before spice girls and all that it was like Mm. you know r&b groups swv in vogue Mm -hmm. tlc escape 702 black like real r&b like girls who can sing you know um urban contemporary and so destiny's child came out and everyone people don't realize when they first came out everyone was like "Eh," because they weren't tlc they weren't like just hot right off like they like Everyone was like, you're jocking TLC. And TLC, like, was those girls, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so they had, like, to, like, fight for that kind of demographic because everyone was listening to the, the OG R&B groups. But they obviously had undeniable hits. I loved all their hits. Obviously, Writing on the Wall, very important. Um, no, 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 you know, mm. with, with Wyclef and the remix. No remix. And they, <laughs> they, were on, they were on Smart Guy, you know, that episode of Smart Guy. With Jason Weaver and Beyonce have like a love affair. Beyonce uh-huh. considers, you know, dropping out of music. Like they, they were everywhere. You know, that, <laughs> and that's when artists really were. Were everywhere. they playing themselves? Like, was she playing herself? Yeah, they were like playing that? themselves. You know, like that's the thing. black sitcoms. You know, everyone talks about on Twitter. Black sitcoms always used to have huge guests. You know, Shaq on on uh, the Parkers, Kobe on you know Moesha. Uh, uh biggie small was in like a bunch of different shows like he was in martin so like, that was a big thing so like that's how you pushed yourself so tlc was in smart guy and at the time that's it's so funny because at the time jason weaver and taj mori were bigger celebrities than beyonce because she was new they had been in the game for 10 plus years so it was it was cool seeing that and then i remember 
01, 02, one of them park era. It's like, you know, Ashanti, all those girls killing it. And like one of like the, the best articles of all time that everyone always shares is the clip when Beyonce first went solo. Look, I remember that day. I remember that day when Beyonce dropped the crazy and love video. She 100%. dropped it like I feel like it was like the song and the video damn near the same day. Like it was mm-hmm. like around that time. Yep. And it was like her her allow me to reintroduce myself because at this point there weren't a ton of people who like left a group and did stardom. Like they left the group and did good, but it was never stardom. So everyone mm-hmm. was like, Oh, she much mess herself up. Like, what are you doing? Right. And I, mean, I remember after mostly the case for artists. If you leave a group, right. you're done. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm saying all this to say just how big, like just her, her origin is. So then when crazy love dropped, the video was insane. She's walking in the hills. Mm booty out she does the dance that we all know the dance the uh-oh dance and everyone's like whoa but even then after her first the first album release i never forget this article that was like solo beyonce she's no ashanti and we laugh because like revisionist history like duh but like that was a big deal at this point ashanti was back to back banger albums with one of the biggest music uh uh record labels in the business and mm. with murder inc so people weren't just gun ho on Beyonce right off the bat. Like she had to earn everything in Dangerous and Love and she obviously came through. So personally though, I always loved her hits, but I was never a big Beyonce album fan because I was never a big R&B like personally. I wasn't huge in R&B. It was like 90s R&B and the 2000s people never really stuck with me. And then, so like I enjoyed Lemonade probably the most out of everything she had done for a while. Like I said, I loved all her singles. So just to wrap it up, that's why when Renaissance drops and it's something that like is my wheelhouse because I've been into Detroit Deep House my entire life. I was like, wow. oh, this is just different. Like, and so this is the first Beyonce album that has ever spoke to me. Ever. Yeah. And I've always, I've always loved her. Always adored Beyonce. I've always known she has like the best vocal range in the game. I always know her work ethic, you know. We all watch the Destiny's Child, you know, behind the music and the dad talking about <laughs> making them sing and running heels, you know, mm-hmm. and he would intentionally sabotage things like their microphone, wow. their heels. Like this happens because, as we can see now, artists can't perform live, period. And she, <laughs> at the age of like eight, was like in military boot camp while mm-hmm. singing and dancing mm-hmm. because her dad was like, you're going to be an thigh artist. High, thigh high boot camp is what it was called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like <laughs> it was incredible. So this, but after all, I've always respected her. But this is the first album where I played it, and I was like, "Oh, this is my favorite album, like ever." <laughs> Wait, I've talked about this on the a podcast before, but very briefly, I didn't. I, I have a lot of respect for Beyonce, but nothing ever really clicks too much for me. Like especially album listening, like album listening, it's very hard for me to say, especially because a lot of albums are very, very long. You know what I mean? I find like a couple of songs that I'll latch on to, and then I'll go, "These are like the Beyonce songs that I really like," and then. And I let things fall to the wayside. She's never been like my favorite pop persona, but I like her a lot and respect her a lot. Mm-hmm. And when she's putting out new music like this album, I'm engaging. I'm listening to it day, day it drops. Actually, I think I waited until 11 and listened to like the first half before I fell asleep, which is a wow. big deal for me because I love to go to sleep. So. <laughs> and it's a little too so true, bestie. To to right before bed. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. We so basically mostly my experience with her with Beyonce was through this podcast. Like uh, that was our first episode. We did Lemonade, um, 
first episode ever we did lemonade and we kind of made it a yearly tradition to like talk about her at least one time we like we might like you know slow down or just like maybe do it here and there and stuff like that but that was kind of a yearly tradition so so i never really got to the point of like loving beyonce as like a figure as just like a icon and stuff like that because i never beyond lemonade i don't really and i guess it's like purposeful like because like it's like absolutely like fame is can be violating and stuff like that people can just like ream you on social media and stuff like that which is really horrible i think she's done a good job of evading that which is great um but like i never really knew what her deal was really beyond just like oh she has great songs the jay-z thing and then it's just like a blank for me at least i don't i really don't know i never was like part of the bayhive and stuff like that um so beyonce like the beyonce stock was like i like her but i never was like in love but like like talia this like totally spoke to me this is like my one of two of my favorite albums of this year so far it's it's fantastic so yeah like i I guess like let's talk a little bit about you know the the lead up to this record and then preconceived notions of what this would be even um so before do you do you have like you talked a little bit about like being on the website the day before just like checking out birthdays and stuff Uh, (laughs) like who yeah. does Beyonce like enough to shout out on her it's website? It's like it's like it's like your uh face like that's the only reason I have Facebook is to like make to know people's birthdays <laughs> and stuff like that. You know? Like the rollout, like you okay, so the reason why I was on her website, I didn't just like check her website daily just to see what she <laughs> like, was up to. <laughs> I wouldn't be it wouldn't be surprising if I did that, but that was not that's not what happened. Um with her so with this rollout. We all knew something was coming because it was overdue. Like, sure, she was kind of putting out these projects every two years or so. But in terms of like a Beyonce solo record, we hadn't heard anything since Lemonade in 2016, right? And that was just like, as Adele said, monumental, right? Like, it was just unlike anything we'd ever seen a pop star do. Um, But then there were all these like, and you know, Beyonce, she typically doesn't promo. So everyone was expecting like, oh, surprise drop. It's just going to happen. But then there were these like kind of weird promo things that were going on. Like she would post certain like uh, Easter eggs on her Instagram. And then like her website was like hacked where it was like, what's a B7, right? And everyone was like, oh, okay, she's fucking with us. Like she's having a good time. Like, and so that's why I was like, oh, something is, something is, something's in the air. She's dropping this year. She's probably dropping this summer. Like something is about to happen. And then whenever I was on the website, I was like, let me just go check Beyonce.com and see see what's been changing here. I go type in Beyonce.com. The website's full black. There's nothing there. It's just black. And there's like a password box. And I said, oh, headquarters is typing something up right now. (laughs) Like everybody wake the fuck up. It's about (laughs) to happen. So I call my sister. But meanwhile, I'm in California. She is in New York. It's like 11 p.m. So it's like 2 a.m. for her. And I call her and I was like, Beyonce's about to drop. And she's like, do not fucking call me at 2 (laughs) a.m. I was like, this is more important than your job, okay? Something is about to happen. Yeah, I wasn't thinking logically. Turns out, like, the song didn't drop at that moment. It was just, like, the announcement that just said Act 1 Renaissance. (laughs) And it just said box set 1, 2, 3, and 4. That's all we knew. And I said, oh, okay. This song is coming. And she's doing promo. She's not doing the surprise drop thing anymore. She's like, you know what? I surprise drop self-titled. I surprise drop lemonade kind of, but like for this, why not? Well, let's just do a promo. It's uh, a quick drop from when she announced it though, which I'm thankful for. It's like six for. weeks or some of that. Yeah. yeah too yeah. many artists have like 
set up like a runway nine that's like, my months. next album comes out in nine months and i'm like what the <laughs> fuck yeah which i don't know why they do that because it's like that worked in like yesteryear when we weren't all on social media and had the attention spans of goldfish Correct. but now like you can't release a single and then be like my album's coming in 2024 like no one gives a fuck by <laughs> right? like, just... okay so this is just a single <laughs> like yeah. truly like you gotta do like single and then four weeks well, it's like Drop the, the Pussycat Dolls. If they didn't do it, we'd have a new album from the Pussycat Dolls. But instead, we have React, and then they broke up again. So <laughs> we had React, and then COVID. <laughs> yes, they said sorry to them girls, but yeah, they were actually singing about our immune systems. So <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> For me, like just like the pre, like so, Lemonade came out. That was such a, it was such a, it was kind of a diversion from her previous her previous work because it was so personal it was like more narrative driven and stuff like that there's like um and it's like you know her personal life has been like cracked open in a way that's never been before um and then we got 444 you know the jay-z side of it things and then we got the everything is love record and that like and then i was like okay so she could just chill now like she kind of just like she doesn't actually like have to like she's like really like she has this freedom that's like like only a few artists can have really of just like i can drop whenever i want uh i could this could come out in 10 years if if i wanted to like i i can just like sing about stuff like that um but i was like kind of wondering like what would she even talk about like because it's all like the lemonade was so personal and then they seem to be fine now and it's like i don't know if like rich people like you know problems would be that interesting and stuff like that i don't know but you know and andrew andrew i andrew i think i think you're skipping though a huge part though after lemonade which is the thing that got like everyone remember even remembering just how big she was which was homecoming oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, she's basically she basically took over Coachella for three years because she was supposed to do it in 2017. Then we found out she was pregnant with the twins, which is huge because Beyonce had talked about, you know, her miscarriage we didn't know about. So her getting pregnant again after their obvious marriage tension. And um, so getting pregnant and then like, so people who had like bought Coachella tickets having to wait another year. And in 2018, she has, she does Coachella and it's, a Michael Jackson performance. Like I said, I was, I, I've always loved Beyonce, did not always consume her albums. And when Homecoming dropped, to me, that was her Michael Jordan, Serena Williams moment. Cause there's not one yeah. person who watches Homecoming and doesn't go, oh, this is the greatest artist of all time after Michael Jackson. There's like, no, yeah, you can't yeah. watch it and not be like, and you get to right, know and her like, a little bit more. Shrug your shoulders, cross your arms, and be like, you get to know fine. her. And then she brought what everyone then, cause she sets the trends, she had an entire HBCU band. Yep. So she made Coachella mm. very black. It was that whole mm. performance was black as hell. Like you mm. cannot skip that part. Like she's it's so black. She has live horns, a live band, Ooh. the dancers, you know, that they're stepping, they're doing the high step, like the, the drum major. It's like it's it's old school black. Didn't she, didn't she sing Lift Every Voice? Like, mm-hmm. which no one knows the second and third verse of. We just Into formation. <laughs> the Black National. She sang the Black National Anthem. This is 2018, pre-everything that happened in 2020. Mm-hmm. She brings out Destiny's Child, mm-hmm. which is insane. Does my favorite, one of the best songs of all time, which is the Say My Name remix. remix which is yep. 
the Say My Name remix is one of the best songs you will ever hear. A- like, ever hear. Produced by, I think, Static Major. Or no, Timbaland produced it. Timbaland produced it. Like, so the Homecoming album, she repackaged all of her older hits in a new live version. So you mm-hmm. ate off that for the next two years. So I remember in the gym in 2019, I played a lot of the Homecoming live. Because oh, yeah. mm-hmm. it was a song that I loved. All the hits, Destiny's Child and Beyonce, all live. This new band with the new Beyonce sound, because everyone knows Beyonce over the past seven years have really reached into a, a lower register for voice. Like we yeah. all love it. She has that soulful, smoky voice now. So she's doing these classics on Homecoming live, mm. live sounding like a whole new album. So that's 2018 to, and that's like 2018 to 2017 to 2019 is just the Homecoming experience. You know, Lily Coachella letting her come back an entire year later, like, sorry, no. It was her, like, allow me to introduce myself moment to not just her fans, but to everyone. Like, mm. I like literally being like, oh, I'm not just the great, like, I am a legend. That was a legend. I, it was a legend performance. performance. And yep. from there, you are thinking, I probably thought, Either she doesn't put another album out ever, like you're done and you just keep touring yeah, or you're yeah. just done. Right. Or you do what, like, people who were confused about, you know, the Love is King, the, the Lion King album, I'm like, she's a mom. Like, everyone does a project then for your kids, for your legacy. And that was an entire visual that went with it. And I really enjoy Love is King, but it is for, like, the family mom, Beyonce. And, mm-hmm. but then after that, I remember, like, Black Twitter the past year, who's been, like, craving Beyonce, Lily was like, Beyonce, we love you, girl, but we can't do no slave hymnals for the next one. Like, you need to take us back to... Like, like Beyonce, right. Beyonce is smart. Like, she's been reading. The past year to have mm-hmm. everyone was like, I, like, you have to give something to shake our ass to. Like, you yeah. have, like, we, the streets are fiending for it. Like, because everyone was like, Love is King is great, but let me get back to not <laughs> right. around. Like, We've been know, locked mom, up. You got <laughs> right. three kids, you know, and, we're, and everyone's like... I, the biggest thing was, you better not have that man on your album. Cause like mm-hmm. black, like black Twitter just cause like black women, <laughs> we love Jay-Z still. We don't love Jay-Z as her husband because he cheated on her. So we're like, I'm glad y'all reconciled, but leave that man at home. We don't <laughs> like we're okay, girl. We support, about the track. <laughs> we support you. We're glad black love works. Yay. But have him, <laughs> but have him on this album and we're fighting. And mm-hmm. yeah. to, to not understand that Beyonce is one of the smartest people of all time, because she knows. Like, she right, read right. the room. She was like, she told, like, this is one meme that was like, Jay-Z, like, can I come on the album? She was like, no, ma'am. Like, no, ma'am. Like, you can't. You can't. You'll never be on my album. Sorry. Uh, there's that, there's that, uh, the TikTok trend of, like, her saying no to things, like, it, it, as she does on the album, where it's, like, Jay-Z trying to come in the room, and she's like, like, no. <laughs> like, get out. And she, no. she, she read every single tweet that we had for her the oh, past yeah. two years. She yeah. read, and she's so smart about it because she says nothing oh, and that, just no. gives it all to you no you that can't bee, say anything that b legion twitter account that person who posts is on her payroll i swear to god they have the tea <laughs> yeah, before right. everybody else does how did That's they know that shit smart. was going to call break my soul before like 10 minutes before everyone else did they're on payroll i swear i swear so yeah like i think that transitions really nicely into themes of this album and what it's actually about and yeah, I guess like let's let's turn to uh, the three of you. Like Michael, what do you think? What do you think this is about? Like Beyonce uh, being hot in hard times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's 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 a good one. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it's like it's totally about. It, it has queer themes to it. It has black themes to it. Uh, this is probably her 
queerest album. I mean, not probably, definitely is, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's using house music. It's, you know, shouting out to, you know, Miss Honey. Like, it's talking about the house culture, like, of, you know, of New York City. And, you know, if you listen to that remix with a Vogue, that's, you know, okay. Uh, she okay. shouts out, like, all the different houses. She's, you know, she she's showing that she's like, I am listening. I know who my fans are. Let me let me give you something like that's what this is, you know? Yeah, I think like the the big like my like thesis on what this is about is in Alien Superstar of like she's like an alien superstar in that like you're talking about, she's paying attention to everybody like she's like basically like she like took the time to do an anthropological deep dive into queer and black genre, music genres uh, from the past and the present, and then went into her spaceship and delivered this product. Basically, right. you know, it's like, she's like, it's, but it's like, I think the best comparison is like Tom Cruise a little bit in that, like <laughs> there's like a period of time where like, after the couch jumping and after like, you know, the Scientology stuff coming out, like he was a joke for a little bit. He was like, kind of like his career was in a ditch. He was before that he was doing it's obviously it's not a perfect metaphor, but like the idea of like, he was a really exciting actor. He was in Stanley Kubrick movies and like, uh, you know, Cameron Crowe and Paul Thomas Anderson. He was like a big deal. And then he kind of torpedoed it a little bit. And then the way he got, got back, you know, to people's good graces was embracing the fact that people see him as like a insane person a little bit. Like all the Mission Impossible movies are basically, um, you know, I will jump out of a plane for you. I will like hang off the Burj Khalifa for you. I will do these feats that no one else will do. Like Ryan Reynolds will not do this. Fuck him. and <laughs> Stuff like that. It's like, but it's like, he's like leaning into like, so with Beyonce, it's like, um, because like her personal life was cracked open with lemonade and stuff like that, also like a difficult time and like really hard for everyone to see this. And now she's like transcended into this new plane of existence. Of like, first of all, she's richer than most people. Like, I can't even conceptualize a billion dollars and stuff like that. She's like way more successful. She's like a legend, living legend. And now she's like leaning into being this alien superstar of being. And like she makes music for us. It's not about, it's like kind of less about, less centered on her. It's like kind of more for the people, like more for the people who work at Starbucks who need to listen to something to help them get through the day or after they work and like they need to just like blow off some steam and like listen to these great songs and stuff like that at a club or whatever. Yeah. Whenever you were mentioning about like, this album feels like it's like for the people and not about her. I think mm-hmm. that's what makes it um, really interesting because right. Lemonade was the most open that it felt like she's ever been um, or like really, oops, sorry, really charted a territory um, that she herself has not really gone. And a lot of like, you know, people in pop haven't really like gone down that route of a full album about infidelity. Right. And so she had this interview with Harper's Bazaar in 2021 
And she goes, with all the isolation and injustice over the past year, I think we're all ready to escape, travel, love, and laugh again. I feel a renaissance emerging, (laughs) Easter egg, and I want to be a part of nurturing that escape in any way possible. And so, like, after going back and reading that interview and hearing what she released, like, it really is that. The whole point of it is, like, it's escape, it's dance, it's feel free, it's be loved, it's... uh, yeah like free yourself from shame and judgment and guilt and like all of these things that you're made to feel about yourself. It's like healing that inner child, but also like, who are you as an adult? Um, What parts of you did you lose during, you know, COVID isolation or if you lost your job or all that kind of stuff. And like, how do you come back into yourself fully and say like, I'm that girl. Hence the first, you know, Mm -hmm. title of the track. She's not talking about herself. Like she is, but like, she's not literally saying like, I'm the only one I'm number one. I'm the best bitch ever. All of you are dust. Right. What she's saying is that like (laughs) literally embody that whenever you go out to the world and you're made to feel like shit from people who don't like you or judging you or you feeling like an imposter or not good enough. Like, Mm -hmm. no, like actually like, create this world that she's creating right because the person we're listening to is beyonce the artist not like beyonce the mom or the sister or the wife or the person like we don't know her because she cut off access to her life smartly you know rightly so and so what she's saying is that look at what i'm able to do with my life with all my imagination and my artistry take a bit of that and figure out how you can do that in your life whenever you're feeling yeah or or whatever and i think that's a part of what she means by renaissance it's like not just a rebirth for her and like of our times of getting back out into the world but like it can be a renaissance of yourself in your own persona Mm -hmm. totally yeah i i as the resident black woman i honestly think this album is completely about her like this is the mm. most egotistical I've ever heard her. She's like to me, <laughs> to me, this is her Kobe mode. She's like, give me my flowers. Like, yeah, there's a there's a reason why she tapped out. To, she tapped to Drake for the heated song. That is peak. I'm petty. I'm underrated. You know, <laughs> even the one song where she's like, Monday, I'm I'm on I'm overrated. Tuesday on my, you know, like yeah, that's yeah. Cute. It her the final line ends with, I'm in my bag. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like it's it's I'm in my like I every song, I hear a black woman saying I'm tired of being humble. Like every song is her. It's to me because I I play working out. It is a bravado filled Beyonce song. Like you guys forgot who I am. Like you forgot bravado and does not mean hate everyone else. But she's like this is me. Like mm-hmm. we have we have an uncomfortability of people saying no. I'm I'm literally that girl no one can touch me just a couple weeks ago i had a moment where i had a uh for the first time in my life i do have empathy but i did not say yeah i get you i literally said i actually don't relate to that mm-hmm. i don't have that problem i don't have imposter syndrome i said i have empathy for doubting ourselves we all deal with that but i can't lie and say that i understand that problem mm-hmm. that's not me because we trauma bond a lot we trauma bond someone says it's been rough you say it's been rough it, you can say if you need to talk i'm here like you don't have to add on to it's been rough for me too if you're glowing you're glowing so i think this is a very personal album this personal to beyonce the now 40 year old woman who's like oh, i'm in my bag you know like to me as a woman she's her kids are older now you know she can go out the house she's like i'm doing things now like i'm getting back to me it's a back to me if she's exercising her muscles so I felt this album, it was in the, in the area of like Michael Jordan, you know, a LeBron, a Kobe, a Serena Williams, very much Serena is giving me, where mm-hmm. um, I think it's, she's so good that it happens to also be, you can dance to it and y'all enjoy it. But she made this for her. Like some of my best work, my best game, 
don't have nothing to do with anybody else. It's like, oh, I'm glad you liked it. This was for me. And I think this album was for her. And that. because she's not as she's she's a she might be just an alien psychic because she's been working on this album for a while. So it she did not, I'm gonna disagree with the trend about her studying culture and queerness, A, because if you're a black and you're a black woman and your uncle was queer in the 80s. Like, she, this isn't new to her. She's been known this stuff. <laughs> she's like, Beyonce is brilliant. You know, her parents are brilliant. She's brilliant. Her sister's brilliant. She's not dumb. So this isn't new to her. It wasn't because of Poe that she started thinking about this. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Billy Porter was not going to do yeah, so, this album. <laughs> so I really think, like, every great person who's, like, years ahead of the curve, she started this album. Like, I have an A&R friend who told me the day, like, Beyonce just rented out the studio. This was, like, in... 2019 summer like that was as early as that she's been working on this album for a minute you know we're catching up she's yeah. been on this so this isn't a new thing she wasn't in covid and quarantine like how can i do that she's been recording mm -hmm. for this album for a minute and i think it just shows we're late you know mm -hmm. like uncle johnny was around before <laughs> none of us even knew about the ballroom mm -hmm. culture and we were still young so i think it just shows beyonce is just she's just that girl yeah and yeah. i, I want to echo that uh talia with like yeah, I, I saw a lot of that on Twitter of like, oh, like Beyonce, like she's now like a queer ally or she's like really starting to. And I was like, people who say that, I was like, you don't know her discography because she she she's been doing the queer. Like, and I think what's so hard about it is that so much of Black queer culture or what is originally Black queer culture has now like spilled into like the drag race of it all. Right. And drag race, yeah, purports to be for everybody, but their main demographic are like 15 year old girls. Right. And so mm -hmm. it's like, what's really tough about it is that people were introduced to a lot of queer culture from things like drag race or pose. Um, and then they think Beyonce is like hopping on that. And it's like, no, mm. if you go back and listen to her old albums, she's been saying things like this. She's been talking like this, but back then you didn't recognize it as queer vernacular because it was black women vernacular. That's the way mm -hmm. they spoke. And then queer black people took that on and then white queer people took that on. And now people are like, Oh look, Beyonce is like, you know, and and that. where did where did a lot of queer culture come from? Which is why there's a reason why the song called Church Girl. Yeah, the church, one hundred percent. Every single one, a black church, mm -hmm. every single choir director, youth ministry leader, one hundred is a gay mm -hmm. black man. Camp as hell. It Period. Is camp. One hundred. There's a reason why. There's a reason why queer people like like queerness and black womanness are so intertwined. Yeah, you know, there's a reason why church girl is like this has been a thing in yep. black churches like yep. there's a reason why that choir director is so spicy like he's mm -hmm. just like he has a full press he is switching around like yeah like and, and we just and because of because of because of some of the issues in black community about uncomfortability on that we even talked about it mm -hmm. but the church is like one of the first ballrooms everyone's wow. walked in dressed down to the nines from the hats to the mm -hmm. shoes remember she's from the south so her days. church on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday is you are creased up, looking like a ball. If you can't sing, you can't be in this choir. Yep. Like we got, we're on key. We have notes. We are dancing. We are celebrating. That is the original ballroom. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is the original ballroom of all that. All of the black pop girls. There's a reason why all of them come from the church. Whitney Houston, even Mariah, like all of them come from the church because that is where you get the training, right? Little Rick, Little Richard. Oh, 100%. Oh, we can Hardcore in the church. <laughs> I feel like you two should host the show now. We are listening. Um, but like, that's, um, 
I think like the last thing I want to point out with themes and stuff like that, because Talia pointing out, oh, it's for her. And I think that's a really beautiful perspective on it. I think I think that's on that's true and stuff. Is the idea of and that tying into the alien superstar of it all is the idea that she is the most actualized she's ever been. Where the idea of um and correct me if I'm wrong about any of this, but like it seems like the some a lot of the songs in like the early Beyonce catalog was her be a lot of songs about being infatuated with Jay Z and they they them loving each other and stuff like that and be, having this really beautiful relationship and then Lemonade kind of cracking that open and then through therapy through like time and stuff like that and all that stuff like um and doing the work and like kind of building that trust up again. She has this relationship to him uh, kind of exemplified in songs like, um, you know, Virgo's Groove and uh, uh, Plastic on the Sofa, where she's like, I love you. It, this is like, but I'm also like, my worth doesn't come from you and stuff like that. I she's like very playful of even though I'm cooler than you. And then, you know, she makes a little joke about Jay-Z like in church girl and stuff like that. That's really funny and stuff like that. But like the idea of um, she, now it's just like new actualization that is, it's like really beautiful to see. Also like a lot of people don't get there. You know, a lot of people aren't that actualized in relationship. There's always like, uh, my therapist is like sometimes like people like get together and they're like two halves and like they like look to each other to like complete each other and stuff like that, which is like causes a lot of troubles and stuff. So I and that and that's like the alien like that's like the quote unquote alien part of it too is just like how is anyone this confident? How is anyone like I listen to like Lizzo's and uh, Megan The Stallion's album and they're great, but like there's also it also there's also like hints of insecurity which feels very human and like but like this has like none of like this doesn't really have any of that like this doesn't have any like oh am i good enough like in the mid like one song in the middle like it doesn't really have that either so i think that's really interesting yeah i mean i can agree in the sense that with with alien superstar like um even though we're not like going trap by trap but since you brought it up like what really sticks out to me in that song is like beyonce's sense of humor um, mm. even the way she's like pronouncing words and the part where she's like uh, unicorn is the uniform you put on eyes on you when you perform like just even the way she's saying the words it's it, like it makes you want to giggle because it's just like I love when she's like talking her shit when she's like label horrors can't clock I'm so obscure like it's just it's it's I feel like you we are kind of being reintroduced to her having a lot of fun because like yes. Lemonade yes. was not a fun album it was great but like damn you finish listening to it and you're like holy shit that was like heavy you right. know and so with Alien Superstar, what I love about it is that it, it's very right. Like she, the reason why that song says unique 57 times is because she is saying, there's no one else like me. Yeah. Like I'm one of one. I'm the only one. Don't even waste your time trying to compete with me. Right. Because it's like, th- th- there's no point in competing with me. Just go be great over there. You go, you go to <laughs> yeah. you and be great. Uh-huh. Don't try to be greater than me because you're not going to do it. Like you can't do it right like and that's mm-hmm. not just because she was born great that's because she put in the work and look at where she is so that's what i like about alien superstar i think it's it's a really funny way of her being like yeah i'm number one but you can't compare yourself to me because you're human and i'm an alien and you're not a superstar but <laughs> yeah. I am. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah yeah so two things exactly. i am that you are you know exactly. I, I, just think it's exactly. so, I think it's so cute i love it i mean i think it's i mean i think um 
You know, I think what you were saying, Andrew, I don't even know if it's like the psychoanalysis of her, of her like journey is even that deep because everything that she gave us was like three years after she had worked through it, mm. you know? So I, I honestly think it's just when you grow into earning to talk your shit, you know, like no great person ever done this right off the bat. It's like a, it's after years of like, all right, give me my flowers now, you know? So yeah. I really do think, like I said, like, I think when she dropped Lemonade, she was probably two years healed from that, you know, because mm-hmm. she's a guarded person. She's never mm-hmm. giving us anything in real time. You know, like that wasn't a thing to her when Lemonade dropped. Yeah, you yeah, know, it yeah. was in 2014, but not in 2016. Yeah. And so I don't think it's that deep, to be honest. I don't think she has planned all of this. And like, and then this is my, I don't, I just don't think it is. Um, but I, yeah, I think this is just an earned, just. I'm gonna just have fun. Remember, she's also like now a rapper too. Like she has bars, you know. Yeah, she has yeah. so many bars on everything is love. So she's rapping on this. She's just it's just like her. I just want to talk my shit, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, totally. Yeah. Well, speaking of talking our shit, let's take a break and then continue to talk more shit. <laughs> Click. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the show, everybody. Welcome to I've been to listen to that. Uh, the podcast where we go through albums we've been meaning to listen to, use the conduit to learn by each other and our guests. I'm still Andrew. Um, so let's, uh, Talia, what would you, would you like to talk about lowlights or highlights first? Uh, there are no low moments, so I can't speak to that yeah, at all. Yeah, I don't yeah. think a single low. <laughs> I have There's a not one. low light theme that I want to highlight. So please, okay. I'll get it out of the way and then maybe we can use that as a, like a leaping off point. I really really like this album this is my favorite beyonce album to date um i dislike that every single song is sampled i'm waiting to hear your your justification for why you dislike that okay okay <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. no uh well for me some of it even like it just is very maybe i just don't like the discourse around the samples like the uh you know the milkshake debacle surrounding energy right and the production of it you can talk about there will be blood uh (laughs) i just find it tough to like it just makes reminds me even while i'm listening to the album that there have been like 10 million hands on this album like it's produced for like it's just like it makes it feel really heavily produced so having all the samples on it just kind of feels like it's dragging the album down to some degree because it feels less personal or less like created I guess so. So my my challenge to that is yeah. why why does it feel less creative um, if it's taking elements of other songs or interpolations and creating something new from it? Because isn't that what all art is anyway? I mean that's true. I guess the line isn't so clear as like I can go into the notes of the song and see where that comes from. Does that make sense? Yeah, because I so. There, there are a couple of things here. Um, one point that I want to hit because I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling Talia might hit my second point. One of the the points I want to hit is that with sampling, that is, um, I can get into like the history of where that comes from in a moment, I guess. But like for me, sampling is a way of Beyonce, like giving flowers to the artists that have inspired her, because mm-hmm. like how many people know that like toxic by britney spears that like part was like sampled from like a bollywood movie like in the 80s right 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 like you don't know that because rca or jive whatever her record label was at the time and britney spears like there was not this 
it, it wasn't about paying homage. It was about finding what you could that sounded good. Some producer heard this and was like, like we're going to use this. cultural appropriation. Yeah. Literally. And no one's getting most, credit yes. for it. Yeah. But for someone like Beyonce, like the whole Khalees thing, right? Like with the whole controversy and her taking that out, like that was an interpolation, right? Not necessarily a sample. And right. But that was because, one, she probably was like, oh, yes, this would be a great thing to add to this song. This is what I thought of whenever I was recording this line. And a way of giving Khalees her flowers for, like, inspiring me to, like, sing La 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 in that kind of way is by literally paying her, right? She gets paid every time someone streams a song or someone buys this album. I'm not just saying, oh, acknowledgements, thank you. It's like, no, here's actual money for the, the things that you've done based on, you know, a bunch of Black artists really not getting their pay or their due. Uh, but then the history of sampling in general, I mean, like that's hip hop 100%. The Dream um, tweeted about this. He was because people had their comments about like, why is there 24 writers on one song? Like Diane Warren or um, uh, that's what she said. And the issue is that like, well, back in the day, like hip hop artists, I mean, hip hop was created out of, you know, struggle. It was created in basements. It was created in attics and rooms and stuff. You think they had money to like, book a studio and you know get this songwriter and this composer and make this beautiful song that cost fifty thousand dollars no they took the records they had in their parents and their grandparents attics they you know put them on dj turntables and they created a new genre of music by sampling Mm. other music so it's a life that keeps going this is why hip-hop has existed from the 80s and still is here today as the predominant number one genre of music because it keeps building and building and building we're not listening really to disco or the bubblegum pop or you know grunge rock like we were those were all short-lived they may come back but hip-hop hasn't died yet right because it's taking these other pieces of art and it's it's paying respect to the people who came before you and building on that and iterating and creating something new. So whenever I hear samples, I hear some of the greatest artistry. How do you take a song from someone else and make it completely your own and sound totally different? But you're like, oh, shit, Donna Summer. Oh, shit, Diana Ross. Whoa, whoa, whoa mm-hmm. that's so cool because she's not covering the song. It's not even the right. same. None of it sounds like the first thing. I mean, you can hear them in it. And so that's why for me, sampling, I think, is one of the most amazing things you can do in music. How do you take an idea from someone who's inspired you and make it completely new, but still have people think about that other person whenever you're seeing it? That's hard to do because there's a fine line between mimicking and copying and being inspired and creating something new from that. Um, and this and... this this definitely comes from a different train of uh, thought or a different school of music than like uh, Nicki Minaj's sampling technique, which is like, oh, remember sure. this song? Here's me yeah. rapping over it. Yeah, 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 yeah. not yeah. which is not which sounds good. Like she got her first but, number one. And not even it. not even Nicki Minaj. Most artists, like period, like just almost everyone just uses a song, you know. Yeah, but, so we do. Oh, yeah, yeah <laughs> first I, class, I, you know. Just oh like, yeah. yeah, I I highly disagree with the prompt of sampling because it's like when people talk about like I'm tired of you know Steph Curry doing this. He does it every single time and i'm like i would love to see you try to do that <laughs> like yeah. just be, just just because people sample does not mean anyone in there there's there's like two people on earth who could sample and make this record look the same like if i gave you the same records the same production the same the same resources it would not sound like renaissance yeah like we take we take we we take greatness. We take we take greatness for granted so much. Where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you think you can make this dish? I will give you the same exact ingredients, the same stove, the s- everything the same, and you wouldn't be able to kiss my shoes with it. Like yeah. I grew up. <laughs> I also came up in 
early hip hop. Like my first hip hop group was Tribe Called Quest and and uh, and Q Tip and Dilla. There is no black music without sampling. You can't mm-hmm. you can't even Michael. You can't list ten R and B and hip hop all time great songs that aren't sampled. No, you I'm cannot. sure I can't. I'm sure I can't. You're right. Every every single classic to the point where I am good at sampling and I'm still discovering beats that I just yep. knew was original. And I'm like, yep. oh my God. Like uh, the Tribe Called Quest lyrics to go. That chorus, that high whistle is Minnie Ripperton singing in a higher octave. Like mm. black people, that's what black slavery has taught us. We take scraps and make anything out of it. Soul food is scraps. Sampling is not an issue of taste for black people. It's an issue of, it's your culture. Mm-hmm. It's a mm-hmm. same. Some, some people pray before eating. Sampling is like, this is how you make a song. Yeah. What, you build a, a drum from this. You build a, a this from that. Like you just do. Like, like I, it's just crazy how many songs are just like that snare is from this jazz record. It's from this. So when I heard Renaissance, I was like, oh, this is you showing that you can do an old art at the highest form that no one will ever touch you at. No one will ever sample. The same way no one will shoot a basketball better than Steph, even though it's just shooting a basketball. No one will do it better. No one will ever sample an entire record like this album did, front to back. Yeah, Michael, you you make yeah, this album. I, I I've been working at making this album, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. we'll see. I'll let you know when I finish. Literally, like it's coming out next week, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My website just went black, so get ready. <laughs> pre-order, pre-order. Are you going to be on a horse like this? Am I going to see <laughs> yeah, you on a horse? I, I, that's why I've been riding my Peloton so much. I'm trying to look as good naked as Beyonce does. Uh, I, aren't we all i'm just last, sampling beyonce's album cover though so no worries <laughs> the, the last like like i the last thing i'll say about that though is like um you know the i used to have a problem with like oh why you got 30 people on a song or whatever but i think it's like if you're that like if you have this many resources and stuff like that i think i'd say yeah use them like yeah use mike dean to like do a little synth section or like get boy wanda in here or, like get like he, it's just like a motley crew is some of the best producers in the game right now like ag cook no id like it's it's so cool like i think it's like and it's like just like she probably couldn't make this album by herself Raphael sadiq like i need Mm -hmm. y'all to know these legends like i need you to know Mm -hmm. these legends like you don't have d'angela without Raphael sadiq like you don't have a lot like this what she did was like, like you said it's like I could do this on my own, or I could invite the best black producer of the past 30 years who we don't give our flowers to. Because every kid who loves Tyler the Creator needs to know Raphael Sadiq. Mm-hmm. People love Franco, like you don't have them, but people don't know Raphael Sadiq like they should. I don't you know, yeah. like he's out here curating the insecure the insecure like, Raphael Sadiq is insane. Like he he like like people are sharing his flowers more, but he's done like bass vocal arrangements from for all of your favorite people. Thundercat like is you wouldn't have Thundercat by Raphael Sadiq. So it's like, she did this intentionally because we don't. Like, everyone who's into music now, you know who you like in that song. And that pisses me off. It's like, I don't want to hear about these people you like and you don't know Raphael Sadiq. Like, don't talk. To- you can't have a music podcast and you don't know who Raphael Sadiq is. Like, it's, it's insane <laughs> so to me. Sorry. <laughs> like, I like the- no, but, but, no, but that matters. Like, in all honesty, that's what Black people are tired of because we, mm-hmm. we people hold on to these the cultural moments and you don't even know that's, that's not even a full generation removed. Raphael Sadiq's only 50. You know, and it's like, you don't know, you don't know that. You don't know Tevin Campbell. Like, you don't, oh, you don't get who Beyonce yep. put in this album. So you just see a name and you don't know that this person is like, th- you, don't, you don't get it, you know? So it's like, it's a different level of artistry she's doing 
that if you don't do your research, you're going to sound stupid being like, oh, no, you don't get what this is. Yeah. This is like a black moment. Yeah, 100%. It is black from top to bottom. And I think with a lot of pop music. It's, it's, like, it's, like, it's, like, Martin, it's like Martin bringing out all like the black sitcom people of all yeah, time. Right? The Janet <laughs> but it's like there's a reason. Like, like, they couldn't get their flowers then. So yeah. I'm bringing out the, guy, the yep. people from UPN and yeah. Monique and all the people that you only know. You know Issa and Donald Glover, but you don't know this mom who struggled mm -hmm. on mm -hmm. this network. Like, there's a reason why that matters because we're so into the present without fucking taking the time to be like, where did this actually come from? It didn't yeah. come from Kanye. It didn't mm -hmm. come from Tyler. It didn't mm -hmm. come from this is Roy Ayers. This is whatever. This is people who didn't get their due. Yeah. That's why she has the production she has on there. It's not yeah. because she needed help. Exactly. It was these people deserve this time. It's yeah. not yeah. Pose. It's my uncle. It's my this. And that's why I'm saying before you speak on that stuff, figure out why someone's doing it. Totally. I mostly bring it up to the samples of this conversation just to have this conversation because I think yeah. it's important to have, right? And that's like, you know, partially this is like what I see on Twitter, right? Like this was the initial thing and I like latched onto it, right? And I don't know as much about it as y'all do. So I'm glad to talk about it and talk it through. So. Yeah. And I hope it kind of, you know, um, changes the conversation about sampling because so many songs you have listened to are sampled. There are just no, there's no credit there. Right. Like right, so right. many songs you listen to of like white rock and rollers, right, white pop stars, a lot of like white, like um, R&B adjacent stars. So much of that comes from black music. It's just that never made it into, you know, the radio stations in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s, because that was like, oh, well, that's urban radio. That's for them. We, we don't, you don't need mm -hmm, to know that, mm -hmm. right? So a lot of people think that, oh, okay, well, Adele, she wrote this entire song by herself. Fuck out of here with that. Like, yeah. <laughs> Adele took every black church and made her music with it, you know? And that's, that's not to shit on Adele. What I'm saying is that, like, when it's, I, I feel like it's it's very frustrating to me to hear that, like, and I'm not saying you're saying this, Michael, but I saw that a lot on Twitter, like, oh, this cheapens the art because there are 48 collaborators on it. But like, okay, if like fucking you 2 and Hans Zimmer get together for Dune 2 or some <laughs> shit, everyone's going to be like, oh my God, look at how like incredible this is. And I'm like, there's 50 motherfuckers on that, you know, track or that movie or that, pr that, that production. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But whenever it's, you know, black people going back and taking a Donna Summer song, which is the... First of all, people acting like this is the first time she sampled Donna Donna, uh, Donna Summer, like they'd never heard uh, Naughty Girl before. <laughs> you know, it's like right. she did that for her first album, her what, also, it third sounds single. Great, that is it's one of the best songs on this album. You know, so it's like why complain yeah. when it's one of the best songs on the yeah. album? Whatever. So, so I'm very much that where it's like, yeah, I want to see Lady Gaga talk about her samples. All right. right. Because she's right. taking things from Italian pop stars that we don't know because we don't speak Italian. So right. it's like. Well, she's taking know. really being Italian to the next <laughs> level. <laughs> she's really uh, stepping that up. That's another thing. <laughs> yeah. So she yeah. said, the, I saw her live this week actually, and she said, Mama Mia, cook me a pizza and no, pinched my cheeks nice. and said, You need to eat more. <laughs> Which I was like, This is crazy. You are just like my Italian grandma. <laughs> I, I, I do remember that. I saw that video on YouTube. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, like, uh, let's, yeah. So that's low level. Let's go through highlights. Yes. Uh, so let's go through. Let's go around the horn and say like a song we like. Uh, uh, Talia, what's a song you really like from this album? Uh, a song I like. Uh, literally, I think it's one track. It kind of reminds me of um, like a Katrina set, like an hour and a half set. It's yes, just, yes, it yes. is one song, which is in the highest form. The production on this album, one of the best I've ever heard. Like the actual production is just mm -hmm. insane. So 
it's just one song to me. It's one amazing song. Um, if I had to pick one today, I mean, Move is insane mm. because yeah. she, yeah. number one, she's harmonizing on this album in a way that we just, it's just, if you, t- if you hear the acapella, she's, like, the best tweet I heard was like, the best decision Beyonce ever made was Beyonce having Beyonce sing her background vocals. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Like, yes. Because people don't realize she's singing probably like, like Marvin Gaye, eight different layers. Like, in Move, you have, mm-hmm. like, the early, like, jungle feel. But then when she comes in and is like, Hi, me, I don't, uh, 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 and I'm just like, yep. she makes you melt. And then when she goes low, and like, I'm vibing. I'm just like, Ooh. oh, my. Like, I haven't heard her, like, really ride. A, she's, she is riding a track. Like, like Move, she rides that thing like you could never. And then people on Twitter were also saying, I'm loving seeing these girls do, like, vocal challenges with Beyonce on TikTok because you're realizing what she makes look easy is not. Like, yeah. people can't do her simple. Like, and that's what I love. Like, like the Steph Curry thing in sports as a former athlete. There's a reason why that looks easy to him and you think you can do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then right, you go out right. there and look dumb. You look and then, dumb. And then dumb just like people, people just like watching the TV going like, oh, well, stuff's not the good. Or just like say, commenting, yeah, like, like, saying whatever so, they want. So move sounds simple. And then you start singing it and you're like, this is, I don't even know what she's doing here. Like mm-hmm. back to, back to the Thundercat thing. I remember Thundercat has a, has a YouTube of his favorite like bass riffs. And one is D'Angelo's Lady produced by Raphael Sadiq in the bass. And it took Thundercat almost 40 it took him like 30 years to realize that Raphael is playing just three notes because he makes it sound the doom 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 thundercat had never mastered that because mm-hmm. my favorite quote is you know uh 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 amateurs uh, uh amateurs call it genius masters call it practice mm-hmm. what that. you think is genius what we're mm-hmm. like is like that's a tuesday for them mm-hmm. so that's oh, beyonce right. she's it's like it's like the famous marvin gay when he's on the sofa singing the background to I want you laying down. Mm-hmm. We would all pass out trying to do that. <laughs> and she's singing move like it's a like it's a a nursery rhyme. So right. I, I mean I think move is probably my favorite right now. Move and, is so good. So like the idea like I think the part you're talking about just like giving these people their giving these great artists their flowers like uh just like Grace Jones and Thames like I'm like I, I came into like music pretty late. I came into music uh, uh, pretty much after high school and stuff like that. So I, there, there's so many blind spots. There's so many things I don't know. And then this song is like, who's Grace Jones? Like, who's this? Like, I like I like her voice here and stuff like that. It's like really, I think it's just like, and it made me want to like check out the album and stuff like that. So it's just like, I wouldn't have that opportunity or I just wouldn't have crossed my mind if she didn't oh, yeah. have Grace Jones on this song. You know, <laughs> I, I do like in the song, like she, Beyonce, just like doing like Grace Jones, just like uh-huh. in the background, like, just like yeah. <laughs> pretty cool. Right. You right. Know? Like literally, <laughs> she's like, she's, she's not even believing it herself. She's like, I got Grace Jones on the track. Yeah. <laughs> Grace yeah. Jones doesn't collaborate with anyone. Like what? <laughs> it's so uh, great. Uh, okay. Uh, before what's a highlight song for you? Like what? Oh, Jesus Christ. Right? I didn't even know how to pick. So the way this exactly the way Talia said it's what's my, what's my vibe of the day. Right. Um, and honestly, for the past week, it's been America has a problem. I oh, mean, so good. Because oh, I, when I first heard it, I remember. So after my sister listened to it, um, I didn't wake her up in the middle of the night for that one. Um, she called me <laughs> and she was like, "This is the track. This is the track. Like, you're not going to think about it because you're going to be like, you know, 
you're going to be uh, uh, distracted by Virgo's groove because that, you know, is such a groove and you're going to love cuff it because that tastes like candy. But like America has a problem like that feels like salt and pepper like that. And I was like, oh, you're so on to something. And mm-hmm. that that song, it's just not. I mean, obviously, like it's hilarious. Her going no, <laughs> the middle no, of the chorus yes, yes. is just iconic. And again, I love funny Beyonce because you don't get that mm-hmm. uh, side of her personality a lot. Um, but whenever she's like, you know, that booty gonna do what it wants to, and I'm just like, yes, like it's just her. What I love about it too is that the title so evocative. And you listen to the song and she's like, my ass is fat. <laughs> right. Right. Like, exactly. Like, that's exactly it. Of course. And that's not to like cheapen the message. Like her message is still there, but right. it's 204080 out the trap. That's it. Like that she mm-hmm. is just in her lane with this song. And like it comes on and it's truly, there's like a meme of like, um, whenever or it's like a whole thread of memes of like when that song comes on it's like people running to the dance floor like or it's like yeah. of like prince harry like ripping off his microphone and like running to the oh, chopper and, or whatever you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> like, i mean that's a song where like that comes on i'll I, i'll listen to it on repeat and dance to it by myself in my apartment that song is just so good i think something that like um we the the discourse around this album a lot is like the transitions between songs are so good like ooh baby but like it's also the transitions within the songs they're like movements in like mm-hmm. you know classical music and su- such where um the america has a problem it starts with the do, 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 yeah. like that which is like so addictive i want to hear that and i want my it like my brain is like i want to hear that throughout the song but she does it like for the first half of the song and then mm-hmm. it stops and then something else happens like synths yeah. and all that stuff. And then like in um, what's it called? Like um, the song uh, Virgo's Groove, where it's like, but like the idea of like um, you think the song would end with the I could take you da, 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 da you know, like kind of like do the chorus again. But then mm-hmm. it goes into this outro bridge false i don't know music terms and stuff like that but like the idea of just like the falsetto like um outro and stuff like that um is like oh you didn't you th- you thought you wanted the chorus again but we're gonna give you something you didn't even think you would want and it's incredible and like it's like and also it makes me want to listen to the song again because i want to hear the chorus like i want to hear like the part i like the part I also enjoy too. It's like an um, ABABC sort of setup. Like a lot of the songs are kind of ABABC, where it's like this is a different thing you're hearing at the end. Yeah, like, transition into something new. Yeah, yeah, and I love that because I feel like having transitions like that, it has to be so intentional. Because you know, for albums, people will record nine, you know, eighty, ninety, a hundred songs, but then to like decide, okay, these are the sixteen songs I like, and how do I, you know go back and take the 10 minute cut of this song, cut it down to something like five minutes, but add in a part that sounds good for this song to come in next. Right. Cause you have to right. set the track list at some point right. and then make the songs blend together. So you like go back in and take the, what are you feeling from these two songs and the themes and how do you blend them together? And that is an art in itself. Cause I don't know. And how Beyonce is so good at track lists. If she's good at <laughs> anything, if she's good at setting up how our albums flow. Uh, most artists this is my number one complaint with them is, why the fuck did the, did he put this song in this place in the album? Like, it mm. makes no sense. I am feeling whiplash. Like, you, you can't put all the boring Individually, the song together. is probably good, you know, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 But she's, this, like, it sounds so good from start to finish. Uh, yeah, her probably... only... Oh, so I was gonna say, her only fuck up on that, actually, is Four, which is, like, we've talked about, is, like, my favorite Beyonce album. Um, but on Spotify, 
the track list on Spotify is different than the track list if you own the CD. Um, and I haven't checked like Apple Music or something. Like the song, the album starts with one plus one um, when you on like the physical copy. Right. But which on Spotify, sense. it starts with Love on Top, which doesn't make any fucking sense. No. Mm-hmm. And so like it frustrates me anytime I listen to that song on Spotify. I have, I made a playlist of the original track list and that's how I listened to that album because I was like, I can't, you know, and I think that was like a record label, like, and, you know, at that point, streaming was pretty yeah. new. Love on, top, had, Love on Top is the popular song you have to put at the start or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. streaming had just started. Spotify was new. So they were like, well, people want to go Love listen on before, Top on Top. We want to get those streams. So like put this for. And so I'm yep. glad that that has been you know done away with now. But yeah, she's a trackless genius. And we're all picking kind of from later in the album. I think the beginning of the album is really great on this oh, yeah. album. And that's where I navigate to first. That's where I usually navigate to when I listen to albums. Just because like what I hear first. And then if I like a song and I have to stop listening to the album, I'm like, well, I'm going to listen to, uh, you know, Cuff It Again. Because I thought that was good. And it, yeah. you, like you said, it tastes like candy. But I think on repeated listen, Thick might be one of my favorite songs. It's so like sexy and fun. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's fun to sing about your ass getting bigger and your wall getting bigger. Like, that's fun. Uh, my other favorite album of the year, like, and obviously I still need to listen to a lot more albums and stuff like that, is uh, Mr. Morale, the Kendrick album. And I really, like, the, th- the thing about Kent, like, for example, in the song N95, um, he does, like, 10 flows in three minutes or something like that. It's really impressive. Um, and Beyonce does a similar thing of just, like, not only is she, like, but first of all literally in that she raps and like raps well and like plays with flow in that way but then like with thick i love the like um you know the that's that summer that's a hummer that's a girl family number that Mm -hmm. whole part like she switches up the flow like 10 times in a song and like she doesn't get that recognition of just like like because we take it for granted a lot lot of people take it for granted if a pop girl can switch up their flow in a pop song multiple times that's very impressive especially like because that's hard that's like rapping fast and then rapping slow is different from like singing fast and then singing slow that's and not feels crazy not every rapper can sing as well as beyonce either like you know sometimes rappers everyone most though (laughs) is that what you're saying yeah (laughs) and um uh i just love this album like we could talk about this all day but like uh, it's like I think the one I want to talk a little bit about um, the most is um, Church Girl. Like that's that's uh, first. I just like the 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 segment like cuff it to energy to break my soul to Church Girl is like I think I would say like some of the best music I've heard yes. like in life and stuff like that. Not no hyperbole and stuff like that. Yep. It, it, it's it flows so well. It's like. And then, like, we get a little break with, like, you know, plastic on the sofa. We get to, like, we get to stop dancing a little bit and just, like, <laughs> lean, lean our arm on the bar, something like that. Um, I, but, like, Church Girl is so beautiful in the idea of um, she ain't trying to hurt nobody. She's just trying to do the best she can, happy on her own with her friends without a man. Like, I, I love the idea of the, you know, kind of like this, like, combating purity culture a little bit like yes as long as you're not hurting anybody as long as you're not doing anything that bad and, yeah it's good break my soul too like i it works so much better in the context of the album oh like, so good in the context of the album i listened to it the first time and i was like okay this is pretty good and then just i i can't like listen to this record 
just one song. Like, no. If, even if I go like, okay, I just want to listen to Church Girl. I like, well, like, okay, let's go. Like, let's listen to the next one too. Uh, <laughs> like, okay, forty five minutes later, yeah, I probably listened to this album like ten times, which is mm. a lot for like me. The like the all the way through. The beginning and the end is like the cool down a little bit. Just like it's it's kind of like slows down a little bit, and then like, um. Yeah, it's I, I just like release your anger, release your mind, and the idea of you can't break my soul as like the 2022 sentiment, like the musical sentiment of this year, of just like the barrage of horrible news we get every single day, sped up because of the internet, and you know, and, and whatever struggle you're going through in life, like it's like you you you, you can't break my soul. Like I think it's like a version of like nine to five like the dolly Parton song a little bit just like speaking to the working person and like again this is the this is my argument not argument but like my point about just like oh this is for us too like this is like whatever situation you're going through like she i think at least considered us so and who among us doesn't love big frida (laughs) so yeah it's one of my favorite like feature like whenever big frida just shows up on someone else's song like i just like i'm like overjoyed um any other stray observations anything we haven't talked about that we just want to like uh get off our chest before we conclude i think church girl is actually the song of the year for us because (laughs) i don't even think she's trying to like combat purity culture i think she's just saying black women don't exist for you Women don't exist for you. Like, we always think if someone is half naked, it's for a reason. If someone is dancing seductively, it's for a reason. It's like, no one's thinking about you. No one's thinking about you. This is like my favorite. Like, she's a black woman in the club, dropping like a tot. Some guy gets behind her and she's like, oh no, like, no, thank you. Like, this is just for me. Like, this is just, which is why I said, that's what this album is. Like, I'm, of course, she wants everyone to enjoy it, but she's like, oh no, 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 baby, like, I'm good. Like, I am so good. Whether you're good or not is not my focus. I hope you are. But it's not going to break me if you're not, because I'm good. You know, and you got to find you're good, you know. And she's also very comfortable in her body. Like, you know, she's been, she's been showing a lot of her body for most of her career in the most beautiful way. And she's acknowledging in this album about her stretch marks on her, on her, on her breasts and her thighs. And for them, uh, you know, she's going to drop that ass and these big old, big old bitties, you know, like. She's like, I got heavy titties now. It's not, I don't have 20-year-old perky titties. Like, <laughs> these are hanging. They are bouncing. And I'm like, that, it is what it is, you know? And it's like, and and, and, and in the church, girl, it's like, the, that when, she, when she's saying free over and over again, it's about being free in yourself. Whatever that means. Free in your praise. Free in your love for yourself. Free in church and praise and worship. Free in your mirror. Whatever it is, like, this is about being free. For me, Church Girl is the one for the year that actually gets me to almost cry. Hearing the free over and over, like, that's a release. Like, especially being the resident black girl in the room. Like, there's a reason why it's like a, because we are so hyper-analyzed for every little thing. We talk about Meg the Stallion on every single thing she does. Lizzo, do we like her or not? Is she too white? Is she pop? Like, just leave her alone. We, we, don't, we don't ever have nothing not to say about a black woman, regardless of what it is. And if she does, like, she's back with Jay-Z, or she's this, she's that. And it's just like, you just got to be free. Yeah, I love that. 
And that, that's, that was my, you know, definite takeaway from church girl. When I first thought of it, I was like, oh, this song is for black women, right? This is about releasing that shame, especially when she's like, um, uh, she ain't trying to hurt nobody. She's just trying to do the best she can. I like, I got like goosebumps when I heard that. Cause it's like, yes, you're not doing anything wrong. You always uh, scrutinized and critiqued and, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's so incredible to hear someone at her level of the greatest, you know, entertainer and pop star of our time releasing a song called Church Girl and talking about that. And in the chorus, she's saying, drop it like a thotty, right? It doesn't have to be, it's not about respectable for you. I'm doing this for me. And I, I just think it's probably one of her most powerful songs, to be honest. Uh, last three observations. Uh, Cuff It is just like another, I didn't think late in her career, she would be adding songs to the wedding reception canon. I think this is like really, really impressive, really like cool. Like, I think that's like Cuffin is like so addictive. It's raunchy, but like, you know, you could still play it at the reception and it'd be fine and stuff. Um, we just uh, need like, a good wet, little easy to do wedding dance for that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nile Rogers on guitar is really cool. Like, Beyonce and Brass is like peanut butter and jelly, just like they go so well together. Like, it's just like, it's it's perfect um, i do love a a little a little moment where um i like how she did not completely abandon um giving us a taste of some afro beats in this album because you know she gave us a lot of that with the gift but with energy um you know how it's like a continuation of cuff it and then it kind of switches um she kind of gives us a little bit of that afro beat and then of course in move whenever thames is like who is this girl in the back of the room i mean that's just my favorite part every time i hear an afro beat i'm like 100 i'm dancing i don't care where i am or what i'm doing and i love how she um brought some of that back in you know after giving us a whole album of it um she didn't really abandon those sounds and um mm -hmm. it's clear that she really likes to use them so i thought that was pretty neat uh yeah let's go through final thoughts and ratings um again like we, there's so much we haven't covered this album is so dense production wise lyrically um there's the vocal runs and stuff like that so there's no way we can get through everything um so let's uh rate rate um this album and give it a little final thoughts uh i this is my favorite beyonce record like i was like i was like uh oh, like i like her I, I admire her and again it's not about me you know it's not, it's not about me per se but like that was just like my reaction at the time but this is like just like made me like a full-blown fan i like i get it like and like it makes me want to go back and go oh this is what she was doing and also it makes me want to go back to like all this all these albums and musicians i didn't know or like had like base familiarity with and like check those out um i think it's like she's just like a once in, one in a generation talents um her like you know the way she composes this album the production is like next level so experimental and bold um and this episode like truly is like humbling i'm just like oh i don't know everything and i maybe like Maybe I should like, you know, like, um, you, you know, I, I think I could like do a little more research. I could like understand things, but it also works as like just something to enjoy, something to just like put on in your car and enjoy too. Um, which is like w what I was talking about on Twitter a little bit of like her perfecting the scene between artist and entertainer. Like she like th this is like you can just enjoy this. It like, but also it's if you could if you dig into it and if you like um you know she's saying so much and it's really interesting so i'm gonna give this uh 10 uh 
10 uh, oceans we cried, I guess. So, yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> Baffer, how about you? Uh, for me, my favorite Beyonce album, my favorite album so far, it is a masterpiece. It is fun. It's sexy. It's heavy. It's real. And I love what you said about that, Andrew. It's like, you can just enjoy it, but if you wanted to dig deeper into it, it, it the weight is there, right? Mm-hmm, but totally. it doesn't have to feel heavy, right? Because Lemonade, you can't just like bop to it, right? Whereas like with this, like you you can just chill and throw ass, but also like cry during Church Girl. And you're like, wait a minute, I'm crying while throwing ass. So I love it. Uh, for me, 10 uniques out of 10. Like she did it. She did it mm-hmm. 100%. And I cannot wait for act two and three, which I have my little speculations about what that might be. And I'm very excited for what she's going to give us. I think Daniel Kalua like had an interview where he was like, it's actually really easy to make someone cry. It's actually like really <laughs> easy to like, you know, trigger someone or like, you know, like, you know, show tragedy on screen and then go like, Oh, look at that. But it's actually harder to capture joy. It's harder to like, um, it's harder to capture joy. It's harder to, um, you know, capture something magical, like when Harry met Sally, like that was his example in that time. And because like people have been trying to recreate when Harry met Sally and failing, <laughs> like they've been doing a bad job uh, trying to make that movie again. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really beautiful. I uh, I love this album as well. I keep returning to it. It's one of these albums that I just think is really, really great. It's like like Andrew said earlier, it's like unlocking that Beyonce thing where you're like, oh, I'm getting it now. Like I'm no, it's taken me too long, but I'm like on board, right? I want to like dig deep, deep, dig deeper. I also just love to groove along to it too. Like, you know, nothing feels better than like listening to it for fun too, as 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 well as listening to it like in depth. Uh, so I'm gonna give this ten season professionals out of ten. Yeah, I give this album a hundred. I'm that girls. It's a perfect album. It's catapulted into one of my favorite albums of all time, next to like Tribe and Maxwell and Joe Scott. There's nothing was bad about this the effort the, the production the, the vocals it's a perfect it's an album's album so um i give it a hundred i'm that girls a thousand a million i'm that girls you know a million thotties all of it <laughs> all right fantastic uh well before talia thank you so much for coming back on our show this is such a great time uh very mm-hmm. like like i mentioned like just very humbling too like i learned a lot and uh I got to do my due diligence uh, over time. Um, Bethard, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, no, not really. Uh, you could find me on Instagram at not Baffor. So that's N-O-T- your photography page, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. That's N O T B A F F O U R. Um, I also have my photography website on the link in bio there. It's just my first and last name, but nobody can spell it. So that's fine. <laughs> um, should probably change that URL. But anyway, um, and if you want to see me in real life, get admitted to the hospital at University of California, San Francisco. And I might take care of you because that's <laughs> yeah! what I do for 80 hours of the week. Just <laughs> what you want to plug on a podcast. Of get course. admitted to the hospital. Get admitted yeah. to the hospital. You might be able to see my beautiful face <laughs> hidden by a mask and I will love to take care of you. Yeah, I will say I have nothing to plug except for to watch season one and two of Swagger, which will be out soon on Apple TV. Season one is oh, already yeah. out. And um, like I said, just uh, do your research. If you love something, research it and Google things. It takes like no time. So I want to shout out, you know, the song I have for us is uh, definitely D'Angelo's Lady produced by Raphael Sadiq and look up Mm. everything Raphael Sadiq 
Also, Lucy Pearl, you, you know, one of the main songs from the Love and Basketball soundtrack. Raphael Sadiq, one of Oakland's finest. And um, yeah, he's great. Uh, you can follow us at IBMTLTT on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can follow me at Andrew A. Lee on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can follow Michael at Lemon Taco on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow Sean at Diabetic Twink on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, uh, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or like give us a rating on Spotify. I hear that's a thing now. And uh, yeah, we'll play the song. Uh, we'll play us out with um, what's the song called again? Maxwell. Oh, you're talking to me? Oh, yeah. La- Lady by D'Angelo. Lady oh, by sorry, D'Angelo, not Maxwell. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody. Have a great day. Click. Everybody wants to know what's going down. Babe, I've never seen this before.